So this is episode three of the Create Podcast. So every week we have a different guest, someone from the Southern California area. We're here in the Inland Empire. Today we sat down, great podcast with Courtney. She owns Not Another Mod Snob in Riverside. Used to be over in the Brockton Arcade. This last year she moved over on Magnolia, kind of past the Riverside Plaza. Really cool store. She specializes in mid-century modern furniture, everything related to that. We've gone in there. We're customers. We love everything that she does. So it was really cool to sit down and hear how she got into it, selling stuff out of her house, online, to opening a small store in the Broxton Arcade to where she is now. So if you're interested in anything related to that design, furniture, mid-century, or just hearing a cool story about someone that had an idea and created it and started a really successful business, it's a good podcast to watch. Jeff on. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's good. So check it out. Episode three. This is the Create Podcast. But it is such a great spot because you have, like you said, it's really a destination. Like it's a destination. When yeah. you shortly after you moved there, our one of our high school kids loves thrifting and all that and yeah. finding vintage clothes, and so we went over there and we spent like almost the whole afternoon just yeah. going from from store to store. It's such a great space. How big is your spot there now? So total, I want to say it's like 4,000 square feet. And yeah. coming from this tiny shop of uh, of 760 square feet, it was yeah. a massive upgrade. Yeah. It was massive. That's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. It was more than I set out to get, but the deal was too good and the location was just prime. And so then it also afforded me the ability to take on vendors, and which was always kind of a long-term yeah, goal. Yeah, which is so cool. Yeah, to offer people more than just my shop. Yeah, you know? I love coming and being plans. able to like look at the plans. Yeah, plans. See the then, antiques. Yeah, it's it yeah. just you get a taste of it a little bit of more than just what I offer. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to give people and show people. So yeah, it's such a unique place. So we we grew up in Riverside, and we've mm-hmm. been in North Carolina for a handful of years. And uh, I came back before her and the kids did to get our business going off the ground. And I was, I think, a Saturday or something. I was driving by the plaza, and I I left here like almost 18 years ago. So it was, you know, going by and seeing all these things. I went into the Brockton Arcade. And so my first experience with your store, it was closed, and you had a sign on the door. It said something like, um, gone to sister's wedding shower yeah uh blame our blame ba- baby shower is like yeah. blame her <laughs> yeah. i like took a picture and sent it to marissa i'm like whoever owns this store is really cool yeah and i think you had one that was like gone to vegas like yeah yeah. yeah yeah it was really easy to like if it was just me there i could put on these yeah, be honest it's just me running this so much I'm better. in Vegas I apologize yeah. <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't you so yeah that was kind of it, it people resonated with those notes so much that it became a thing and yeah. then you know it, it's it's just real life I mean a lot of my notes if you scroll back on my windows were like kids graduating or you know having yeah. like some sort of ceremony or an award ceremony bye i'll be there you yeah. know but we're yeah. getting ice cream yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> so it's uh it's just real life and i think that really connected with a lot of buyers and customers because they're moms and they well and families. you're not pretending to be something that you're not you like right. i think that that's the disconnect a lot of times with mm-hmm. businesses where businesses are trying to be so professional that they kind of like yeah. lose that like personal aspect yeah that touch point with people. i if you see my page and it's not for everybody because i am real almost to a fault I on love there it. i i talk how i talk i, I make so no great. apologies for i that. loved when your daughter was setting up a tiktok yeah. so awesome <laughs> oh god that is that was gold i'm like oh this is gonna be amazing so great yeah she wants a tiktok so bad and you know as a mom i'm like oh yeah. no you know like there's some weird stuff on there's there. some weird stuff and, on and there so i'm like i'll do this with you and we'll blow it up you know and she's like oh She's like, what have I done? Please stop, (laughs) you know, but that's, uh, it is just very real. And my page, I sell goods and vintage, but there's like a real family behind this. There's real life challenges behind this. And I don't want to ever like give people this idea that things are perfect or super easy. I give stories of my failures. I mean, I made a story the other day and this really happened where I, like was sawing and I ripped through my fingernail oh. just because I was too proud to ask for help, you know? <laughs> oh yes, and I it, saw that at Home Depot. Like, <laughs> it's just a lot of funny. And I want to show people like, you know, people are so kind to me and I'm yeah. so appreciative of that. I mean, I can't believe 
how people have connected with the business and it's really interesting but people are so kind and say you're amazing at refinishing I love to show them like hey y'all I wasn't okay let me show you some stuff like I really thought I would get a belt sander and rip through furniture with 40 grit like I really thought that you know that's not that it was a learning curve a painful learning curve and I think with anything creative that's you know like you have I think to be a successful creative you have to be willing to be a total disaster Absolutely. at the beginning. If I look back at the first picture, like I started photography back when we were like um, selectively coloring, which I think is maybe the worst era of photography <laughs> ever. So like my beginning pictures have like, you know, just the rose is red. Like you have to be willing to be a total about. disaster <laughs> to great. be a successful creative. And Absolutely. yeah, I love that you're just so open. Yeah. I mean, it. I want to show people like, there's so many people that are really they have great ideas they're really scared to implement and the rejection and all we hear all i've heard is you know small business fails and things like that well 90 percent of them fail in the first two years or something but sometimes in that statistics you've got people who have like run the course of that business and they're starting a new business you know they're you know it was like the birth of something else exactly it was a catalyst for something yeah the next thing stepping stone Yeah. yeah Yeah. So what was the spark that got it all started? So this, it's funny you mentioned you lived in North Carolina. My husband's military. We lived in North Carolina. Fayetteville. Oh, you did? Yeah, my okay. husband was stationed there at Fort, not Bragg. Is it I Fort Bragg? Think, I think it is It is Bragg. Fort Bragg, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. We've been yeah. a couple of places. I'm sure. They all start with a B. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's Bragg, right Benning, and Bliss. Yeah. Um, and so we lived there and, you know, being military we were broke i mean we were negative paycheck to paycheck you know like we were we were already spending our next you know so anyways we had no money and you know newlyweds and the military pay is rough when you're yeah just starting it yeah and so um i would just kind of decorate the house with like thrift finds and such like that and and it was creative and this was always something that was in my blood. I always loved the hunt because my grandma, um, she would take me. And this was our favorite pastime in the summer. This is what we would do. And I so I, I always had this, like, sense of wonder and nostalgia about an era I've not existed in. It always felt cooler and yeah. mysterious to me. Um, interesting. And so, anyways, in North Carolina, that's how I would decorate the house and, you know, friends and such would would love it because it was all these different and then that was what 2005 when everybody was all about excess and lavish and the bends and you know and right. here I am with like you know thrift like you know like awesome vintage pieces yeah so it's different so I always wanted to open up my own shop um but I always had self-doubt I always struggled with self-doubt and um you know we're military so it didn't feel like the right time because we could be shipped off somewhere you know so we're at the mercy of where our next next base is so um probably not able to take much with you no not when not when you're moving you know state to state it's it's miserable moving and so you you offload and then you rebuy you know yeah (laughs) so um Anyways, the catalyst that really likes made me do this was it was always a plan. I was always waiting for my mom to retire or something to like a safety net. But what really made me say I'm not waiting to live my dream is my father-in-law was um, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And within 10 months, we lost him. Wow. And he was one year away from retirement. And he talked about his retirement for years everything he was going to buy he was finally going to get that bitch and camper he was finally <laughs> going to get that off-road vehicle he wanted he was finally going to do these trips and it really shook me I've never had death happen to me that close and that sudden and my takeaway from it other than devastation for my family because my my husband's sister is my best friend and so besides the heartbreak of going through that with them it was devastating for everybody but it just really like shook me and I, I, oh my God, what am I waiting for? Like tomorrow is not promised. He waited his whole freaking life to do these plans that he ne- he was forced into early retirement and days never got better for him and he passed away and it, it rattled me. And I just, I said to my husband, like, if I fail, I fail, but I've done it and I've tried it. And so I, 
I was like, that's it. And I started out very, and I just made a decision that this is what I'm doing. I, I, I just, I didn't think it would fail. I just, I wouldn't let it. I was too passionate about it. I cared too much about it. And, um, so I, I made a leap of faith. I, because I had, you know, been selling and buying vintage from my house. I had this cute Shasta trailer and my husband said, all right, you know what? Sell that trailer and that'll be your little nest egg for starting the business. And it was painful, you know, because I loved my little trailer. It was one of those cute vintage trailers yeah. with the wings on it. Oh, I loved it. But, you know, it was it was like an investment in myself. And so I sold it and I went for this tiny shop and I needed like a handshake deal. I needed somebody to have faith in me because commercial property, renting it into a brand new business. They're like, what, t- what's your business plan? And what, right. what the hell are you going to sell? Right. You know, they, they want to see prior rental history. They don't give a crap. And I'm like, check my credit scores. Everything's good. You know, like, but they, they want to see something yeah. that you've rented before. And I didn't have it. So I really needed a break. And I got a break at the Brockton Arcade, which felt so natural. I feel like I grew up there. Yeah. And uh, the Riverside Stamp and Coin is owned by a gentleman named Craig. I've I've known Craig nearly my whole life. I would go in that store with my dad. He never knew me by name or anything, but um, I said, "Look, I'm I'm gonna I want I want I want that location next to you." It was just this empty kind of storage building, and I could see in the window it was not being used and it hadn't been used for decades. It looked like, and I said, "I have ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars is all I had. Give me one year." And let me have that space. And he's, wow, he's a crotchety old guy. And I really <laughs> love him. You know, I really love him. Because $10,000 over over a year is only $833 a month or something. Like, it breaks down to 800 something. Yeah. That's not very high rent. And it's very below market value. Right. But that place was to the, to the you know, he's a, he's a collector. We'll call him that. I kindly am, every time yeah. I go over there, I am astonished by the quantity of stuff, the volume, and trust me when I say that's not even the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure. So I'm his, sure. Wow. Does he own that whole building? He does. <clears throat> so from yeah. from the Riverside Stampin' Point over <clears throat> is uh, what he owns, and it's the coolest freaking building. It has so much potential. Um, but I just said I'll clean it out for you. I'll yeah. clean it out for you. That's a huge knowing now what I knew, like what I know, I, I can't believe I did it because we're talking, I killed my, there was a pool table in there. Oh my gosh. In 45 different pieces. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I just, I had to empty it and it took a long time and it, there was safes that you couldn't move. There right. were just safes, these massive safes. And, um, it was wild. I had to, I had to clean it out and, um, so it was just a huge undertaking. I had my little two-year-old with me at the time, and I, I would sit her on the stairs. Cause believe it or not, that was, like, <laughs> the safest place because everything else was just about to topple over, and I cleaned it out. I cleaned it out for him, and I got my space, and I had my first year. Wow. And it was a wild success. And so what year was that? That was three years ago now. That's awesome. Because I was at that location for two years. I knew when I got it, it was too small, but I just needed a break. I just needed right. to try. Let just me gotta just start. see. Yeah. Let me just see. And the way I set it up is like I paid rent once and it was never an issue month to month because yeah. I'd already been paid up. And so then I could just focus on building the brand and building the business. And uh, like I said, it was just took off and the support was incredible. That's so great. And so did you have somewhat of an existing client base from selling out of your house? A little. I mean, super little, yes. But I did um, because I had started selling and I had quit my job, started selling from my house full time. And then the next progression was the shop. But So I did have this tiny, tiny little customer base, you know. And word of mouth is everything in this business. And and so it it did progress and grew. And the storefront really solidified or validated like the business you know yeah. it wasn't just for fun and it wasn't like i'm paying sales tax people like you know <laughs> you know it's legit now you know <laughs> i'm reporting this you know <laughs> did you already have the name before you moved into the well y- yeah the the business name kind of was uh um 
an interesting story because when I started, I, I had this really cringy, cringy, cringy name. I, I had this name called um, Wannabe Vintage. It's so embarrassing. I can't even, I hate even hearing, I hate hearing it. I'm like, oh, you know, so it was, it was just, um, it's cute and fun, you know, yeah, like it was something. We all got to start it somewhere. Start. Yeah. It was like your photographs of the, the yeah, singular, exactly. singular red, red rose. rose. Yes. And the blue overall. Like, yeah. Yes. I know. Exactly. We all got to start somewhere. So funny. Yeah, I, I, st- I had that name. Uh, I, I ordered a rubber stamp so I could stamp my tags. Like, <laughs> I you love know, it. It was so funny. And um, the business is very stiff and serious. Mid-century is like yeah, an odd business. It's very male-dominated, which is surprising to me. Um, it's very uh, serious. Everybody's all about the labels and the brands and the you know, that to me, cool is cool. Is it vintage? Is it cool? It's, it's awesome. It looks sitting, right. you know, why, why do we have to bouge it up? You know, like, like it is an interesting little like snippet of oh. time that is just like yeah. so brand so from brand the driven. architect brand yeah. driven with the homes to and the furniture. It's crazy. It's, I understand because it was the golden age of design, and so I don't want to downplay that. Right. There, there are iconic designs that are still very much alive in our world today. They set the tone for a lot, so I don't want to downplay that. But I do want to just say that, like at the end of the day, we're just used furniture dealers. Like, why does it have right. to be so serious? <laughs> right. Like, it's just it's grandpa's furniture. You know what I mean? Like, can we just chill? You know? Let's so, just bring it down. Yeah, the the business so stiff that way that when I um, reached out and was looking for somebody to kind of, I guess, take me under their wing or be friendly, can I use you as a sounding board? Can I, you know, ask questions? There was not a, not a lot of help. Photography was that way when I started 20 years ago that it was, yeah, and it was literally every man. Yeah. It, It was, photography is fascinating because it's completely metamorphosized over the last 20 years where when I started like male driven it was completely all guys and kind of the same same philosophy where they were not going to share anything that they knew no and no tips no tricks kind of (laughs) snobby yes so yeah it's interesting it's cutthroat isn't it it's really really interesting now being on the other end of it there are things that I understand right right yeah that but life it takes years. Of life it. has taught you the lesson. <laughs> yes, but painful. I think that there's a way to be generous and smart. Yes. at the same time, the balance wasn't there before. So when I, I set out to make this, I was just whining to a friend like, "They're just so mean," you know, <laughs> and and I was like, "They're just a bunch of mod snobs," and um, that coined my name my name that's amazing it was just like i'm not another mod snob and then (laughs) of course that's a very easy like point of um you know people make fun of that a lot they're like you turned into a mod snob (laughs) (laughs) it's happened it's not i'm not trying but yeah i see the you know i see it right you know i'm design driven i love vintage um i care about the design and beautiful spaces more right vintage is just like this my passion but I I love the design aspect so if it's not high-end or label you know I don't care you know I think that's what's connected with people and so I also try to be approachable I don't I don't like I don't ever claim to know designers I'm worse at identifying and people always ask me you know on on messages do you happen to know who designed this desk and I'm like what makes you think I would know? I am so <laughs> terrible at designing. I said, but that's a beautiful desk. Like yeah. it's, it has value. Like it's someone who built a really good desk. Yeah, that's still around and kicking. It's and it's the lines. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, that's what matters to me. Not not that it was some. I don't know. Right. It just all of that is just we get really wrapped up, and it just feels like a. And it's an interesting era where I don't think like. I don't get the sense that people are doing that with furniture from the 80s. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I, yeah. Do we know or care? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and, and you'd be surprised in LA, there is like a major movement happening with that like 80s. Is there rush? It really is coming in a big way. And what I'm trying to think, what even like floral type? Like, so, you... no, but um, so do you remember, you know, modernism transcended a, 
it, it happened, started in about the 40s and this modern trend and, and the clean lines. And, but it transcends through the years. You can see the influence every decade. Yeah. And so then when you get in the 80s, there's still modern influence. It's a little more uh, uh, bulky, yeah. not so lightweight. And then in the 80s, you also saw like a really big Art Deco revival. Yeah. Okay. And it was like, you know... It was a rough time. <laughs> Those were dark days. Like, dark design days. Ca- design kind of like the the, uh, the neighbors in Christmas Vacation. Like, kind of <laughs> like that. Remember that? <laughs> Just, you know, a lot of white. A lot a of white. Of, like, yeah. Um, leathers and, you yeah. know, <laughs> puffy furniture. Pa- I was going to say, puffy was the first thing puffy that came furniture, yeah. to mind. I remember going to Levitt's in San Bernardino with yeah. my mom and dad. <laughs> And they got a white leather sofa, and it oh, was yeah. puffy, and it was the shit. Yeah. It was so bomb. I thought we were the hottest. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This, it's over. We yeah. won. Yeah. <laughs> we got the hottest shit." Y'all can go home. Yeah. <laughs> Game <laughs> over. Well, and then it didn't get much better in the '90s because no. I think about like '90s furniture, and my parents had this like gigantic in every way sectional with yeah. like the two recliners and oh, the. Yeah. Puffy velour and puffiness. My parents' house looked like it got attacked by an oak monster. Oh yes, everything was oak. Oak. Everything. The floor, the all the furniture, cabinets, cabinets. Yeah, like the house was just like one color with some accents. Yeah, yeah. I can't with oak to this day. It just it was too much. And then after the oak movement, there's the like the Tuscan, Italy, Italian. Oh yes, grape drapes. You know, and then there was. There was Everybody Ivy. doing. Do you the, remember the Ivy? Yeah, trend? or like the faux um, plaster. Yeah, yeah. plaster. <laughs> so cringy. Yeah. What are we doing now? I know. You know right? What are we doing now? That Shiplap. We're, like, we're gonna look back. Shiplap, Shiplap yeah. is gonna be the avocado fridge. You of know, 20, uh, chevron stripe. Oh yeah. Yes. You know, that's like yes. every time I see that, I'm like, get it on out yeah. of here. It's already had its <laughs> so, moment. So yeah, so dated. <laughs> Yeah, I remember my parents, <clears throat> my twenties. They had this giant oak desk that my dad bought, paid a ton of money for. Yeah, and I painted it black. Like Oof. I said, and how dare you? I was so nervous to tell <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, and they came over, and my mom's like, "That's interesting." They were so interesting. Yeah. Looks cool. But, yeah, but yeah. I I love that because I'm we're that way too like i just like stuff that is that i like mm-hmm. um so i like seeing other people that don't get caught up into kind of creating their own identity because i like this thing just like what you like, like what you know you like. Yeah, yeah and that's so obvious with what you're doing and i've read so mid-century like late 30s mm-hmm. and then went kind of into the mid 60s yeah. when, when was kind of like the height of it the height of mid-century is like <clears throat> late 40s is like the late 60s that's like the mm-hmm. golden age you know and and then you see the influence through the 70s and you're getting into different vibes and then the, even in the 80s you still see the influence 90s even there's um something that i just kind of in the last couple of years discovered like this memphis um style of furniture huh. um but it's it's all it, to me at first, it felt like kid furniture, like Ikea kid yeah, yeah, furniture yeah. from the 90s. It's very Memphis design, but it's huh. it actually is like, I, I believe it's Italian, and um, it's very, very high-end, um, mid-century Italian. Isn't that so funny? It's when you incredible. see something and you're like, this is probably so cheap, and then you're like, whoa. Right, right. laminate could be this much, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's amazing. There's so much to learn in this business. I mean, I... I'd be lying if I said I didn't learn every single day. I mean, new things and new things to appreciate and new designers that I didn't know about that you see their influence, like Memphis Milano. You just, I didn't know, you know, because to me it looked like cheap Ikea for, it looked like my bedroom when I was little. Yeah. And it's a four $5,000 shelving unit. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. <laughs> I would have overlooked it. But now wow. I appreciate and understand it. And it's really cool. It's a really cool business. Cool. What, I love your branding too. Did you do that? Did you find someone locally hire um, that out or the mod snob design logo? Mm-hmm. I had some guy on Etsy created. I gave okay. him like kind of a general. Here's what I want it to say, and here I want a little starburst up there, and I want this to have kind of a different vibe. And he he totally nailed it. And um, I've really I've really considered throughout the last couple of years like rebranding because not another mod snob is such a mouthful. 
but it also is such um, a name that people resonate with. People that feel rejected by the high-end mid-century community, that's that's a safe place. And so I really struggled because it's such a... it, when I tell it to people over the phone or my insurance company or anything like that, I'm like, ma d- d- snob And, you know, and they're like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I know, it's weird, but just, just go with just it, go you know? With it. Yeah. So um, I my branding is, is really unique in the business. It's also like a poke at the business. Like, can we just chill, you yeah. know? And so it's it's funny because I've always said in the last couple of years, like, how, how much can I poke at the business and kind of be um, in spite of the business, and then I am the business right, now. Right, still being in it. And, yeah, and so it's like, I hope that that's still working. Um, I do see, like, things, how they transpire and, and turn you your business evolves, and so um, I've tried to, in recent months, I, I do see how I'm kind of over what I was used to I was doing. Yeah. Now, this is how people become mod snobs. I'm doing it. I'm like, crap. You know? I mean, it happens. You know, it's like, that doesn't impress me anymore. Let's go for something. And, oh, crap. Here I am being a mod snob, you know? And so it's funny. It's really. <laughs> You're like, here we are. I don't know the name. I, it's a, I love it because it was where I began, you know? And yeah. it really got me a notice in the business. But also now here I am, and and how long can I call myself that when I'm kind of doing higher end pieces? But I also dabble, you know. I but I love coming into your store because no matter what it is that we need mm-hmm. that day, you have such a wide variety of different things, eclectic things. I love that lamps to cups and different, yeah, you know, like I so much. Yeah, it's great, and well, I think that that's what kind of. I think is going to carry you through whatever growth and transition you experience is that, you know, cause we've all been in those furniture stores where you it. walk in yeah. and it's like so stark and yeah. I love that you walk in you to your yeah place and you just feel like you're at home. That's one of the things I really want to, I always set out to cater to buyers like myself. I can't even afford some of my prices. And so I wanted to, make it a safe place where somebody can walk in and spend $5 or $5,000. It's, yeah. it's all welcome here. Um, my bread and butter is just like selling on my stories, $20 items. Like, yeah. and, and it's just, they go fast, which I love seeing them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love watching your stories. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, the, that style that quirky of, lamp I would never buy, but I love right. that somebody like bought it in two seconds yes. out of the story. And there's no rhyme or reason yeah. with what sells. I'll have something for two years sitting there. Yeah. I throw it on a story. It just takes one eye to see it at the right time. And it happens to be the exact thing they need. They've been looking it for it. It's so yeah. interesting. It's there's, I could never, never predict what will sell never because the things I absolutely love and go crazy over they hang out and then the things that you know I'm like yeah well somebody might like that and it's people are fighting over it well Instagram stories has probably revolutionized the smaller items that you're selling for sure because people cannot be coming into the store with the same frequency that you are getting product in exactly right well and I found this this uh, way of selling on my stories, it's like an expiring thing. You have 24 hours. Right, right. And you're also up against, what, 13,000 other followers that might jump in. It really creates a sense of urgency. It really gets people going on those impulse buys. I got to get it before so-and-so sees it or who knows, you know? Yeah. And so it happens quick sometimes. And um, it's, it's if I, if I want to drum up some excitement, that's where I do. I just flood my stories with, you know, items that and and they sell it's amazing that's so cool i can see that it's almost like an additional revenue stream you know where it is like it's like kind of a different like if it were me i would be like tracking that you know (laughs) yeah i think it i think at the end of the year that because is this like the first year that you've the stories have all stories i've done it for a while yeah but it it's it's i think a missed missed opportunity in the market of yeah. the competition because people don't like to do that. I almost think that some dealers think it uh, it's not so professional maybe right. or it has um, it's just so short-sighted because I can maybe. see like you said like if I went into your store a similar store and yeah. there's something I 
really liked. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't ready to buy it, I'm like, oh, maybe should I not spend that much money or whatever the reason is. Mm-hmm. Like the $200 birdcage that you really want at yeah. the Redlands. <laughs> so like that, for example, yeah. there's this old vintage cool birdcage on a stand. Like, I don't know. I just think it's the coolest thing. Yeah. And so we, I didn't buy it because it's like 200 bucks. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's going to be there. It. It's It's going to be there, right? That's what yeah. I'm thinking. But if I see something like that on your stories, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Everybody sees it now. Not only do I need to do it today, I need to do it right now. Exactly yeah. right. It does create it, – it taps into impulse. Mm-hmm. It, I, it sounds very manipulative, but it, it's a t- no, I just tactic think for it's, selling. Yeah, it's and, a smart business move. I yeah. mean, you are doing an amazing job Thanks. harnessing – a business opportunity that I think very few people are tapping into and you're yeah, I've killing seen, it. I've seen some dealers take it on as well, like adopt that yeah. that trend and I think it works for them. Yeah. I think it's it was I don't it was just the way I could show people small inventory that wasn't a whole post worthy. Right. But and then and here it is, twenty bucks and here's a really amazing ashtray or something, you know, small that isn't really worthy of a huge post and dimensions and you know, it is right. what it is. <laughs> right. And so, um, it works. But I love that you have that and then you also have these like exquisite, you know, Thanks. big expensive pieces pieces yeah. as well. Like you do a great job of just like like you said, someone can come in and spend five like that day that we were there and that woman walked in and bought a uh, like seat cushion and walked out with her her one seat cushion i'm like well the person coming that's gonna buy the other three of those is gonna be really sad well and the other the other customers in that day bought a bunch of furniture yeah you guys that's such a perfect example yeah and wasn't it like a random day it was like a tuesday it was like a tuesday at 4 45 and they spent three thousand dollars and i was just like well, geez, guys. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come again. Come again. It was incredible. I. It, that's the thing is, um, I've had people furnish their whole house with me. It's it's such an honor. Yeah. Still, kind of blows my mind that they, people will spend that kind of money with me. It's an honor. You do a great job. Thank you. You just have a good eye, and you're really talented with. Getting each Thanks. piece to look its best. And I try. <laughs> yeah. Great job. I think that's such a key part of it because, like, similar stores, like, if I go into, usually, like, I'll find a piece every once in a while that I like. Yeah. Like, oh, I like that. But when we go into your store, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's cool. That's cool. It's like, you just yeah. have a really good eye of, of, and I think part of possibly why you, you're able to do that so well is you're not getting caught up in the name or the yeah. brand. And I can see some people could probably, you know limit what they're able to do because they get caught up in the wrong thing right where you're just trying to find stuff that you know people will like or fit yeah i i think in it's funny that you say that because even when i was selling at home years ago four years ago and i was selling at home and i was just literally throwing things in front of my garage door i couldn't just throw the item in front of the garage door i had to stage it i had to put a plant there or a rug or something and that seemed to work people liked to see Mm. that that vision of well, what it might look like in even house. like you and I you know all of us here are very creative people like yeah I'm still like just sh- tell me what to do with that <laughs> you know like show me show me how to make that work right yeah but, so people and and it, when you walk into the shop there are rooms set up and I wanted to create little rooms and you can say you can see what this might look like in your home give people the the idea um and here's how you could stage that and and it seems to help yeah. people get the vision you know it's like walking that's why we all love walking through ikea right, right? like there are rooms if yeah you were to like ikea would sell zero things if they only had out. their warehouse yes yeah the, yeah ikea is so successful because they're like let us show you how to use all this stuff exactly right they have a yeah. masculine version a boho right kind of vibe a clean line vibe yeah right. absolutely and yeah you do a great job with that too with and from start to finish like i love that you have lights lamps and trying. different yeah. lighting and <laughs> pillows and yeah you do a great job thank you have you run into any items that people collect like you mentioned ashtrays like I'm just curious if there's any whether it's lamps or ashtrays that you know like if you get like there's a collector's market out there for it well, ashtrays are something I constantly sell. Um, they're a novelty item, and not so many people smoke like they used to anymore. So it's not so much that people use them as, you know, ashtrays. They're so beautiful still. They're cool. And people yeah. use them for keys, for trinkets, for jewelry, for um, nearly anything. Um, so there are things that people collect. Like, ashtrays is just kind of a constant thing I can sell. Yeah. Easy, because they're so beautiful. 
you know, and they can go on the coffee table, hold all your remotes. They were massive. Some ashtrays, you know. I know. Every time I see one in your store, I, like, walk up. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) What is this It's a freaking bowl you can put chip and dip in it, you know. Yeah, (laughs) like, for real. It's amazing. Um, um, Barware is another thing that people love. Um, There's... We don't entertain how we used to. And I'm not sitting here saying I do. You know, when I have a barbecue, it's red Solo cups, disposable, and cleanup is You know easy. who's probably buying all your bar stuff is the millennials with their bar carts. Exactly. Well, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. get at. There is a nostalgia factor to having this gorgeous gold gilt barware and then creating some sort of craft cocktail. And there's more value yeah. and, more, and more experience in that, mm. in, in that barware. And knowing that it's 60 years old and it could have been in an office of, you know, somebody like Donald Draper or, right. you know, it's something like it, that it could have been present at some really incredible deals made in some office. It's, it's just fun to think about, you know, uh, my husband, our old house, we put a. I forced my husband to put a pink stove in this, <laughs> in our new kitchen, right? <laughs> it was an old 60-year-old stove and it was pink and it was the. I literally loved this stove. Like, I wanted to cry. I loved it so much, okay? And I told my husband, he's like, why are we even doing this? Because we had to convert from electric to gas, and it was a big pain in yeah, the butt. Yeah, it's an ordeal. It is an ordeal. And he's like, why? Why are we doing this? And I'm like, dude, this thing has cooked probably, like, 60 Thanksgiving dinners. And he's like, and Aww. why does that matter? And I'm like, what do you mean? What, do you mean? what are you saying? What do you mean? I don't know why that matters to me. Yeah. I I don't know. No, I love that. The, it does. Well, and... To be honest, it probably works better than right. the freaking brand new, like... Exactly. It's crazy how... I love that stove. ...crappily things are made It's all made to, today. to die within a couple of years. Yeah, it's and nuts. Replaced and, and keep the machine going. And that's another really... That's not my motivation, but it's a really cool mm-hmm. um, uh, byproduct of the, by being in the vintage world that's sustainable. Yeah. You're saving things from... And, like I said, that's not well, my motivation. Well, coming and going. You're yeah. saving things from ending up in a landfill. And then and you're saving it. people from having to buy a new fridge in three years. Exactly. It's it's such a cool detail of the business that I don't focus on too much, but I should. There's more opportunity there to tell people how sustainable it is. That couch is 60 years old. If you recover it, it looks brand new. And it's right. built. I I had a I had a couch in the back of my truck one time, okay, and I had it was my Toyota Tacoma, so it's not the longest truck bed, but I had a ten foot sofa. Oh my gosh! So the damn <laughs> thing was sticking out like three feet. Okay, so I go to the I go to the plaza and I park in the back because you know I'm sticking out really far. I park in the back. I go grab lunch and I come out, and this lady, she's on the phone. <clears throat> she's standing right by my truck. I wasn't even in the truck, okay? She's standing right by my truck. I have my lunch in my hands, and I'm walking up, and she's on the phone. She's pissed. I can tell she's so mad. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what's up? And this guy comes up, and he's like, that lady just hit your car. And I'm all, what? Wait, what? And he goes, here's my number. I'm a witness. And I'm like, okay, what the hell happened? So I go up, and I'm like, what's up? And she goes, um, well, I hit your car. And she was mad. And I'm and I look at my car and there's she he goes, Well, she hit your sofa. And I'm like, Oh so I go to the sofa and it, <laughs> I'm naive. I'm like, It's fine. There's there's not a dang scratch on it. But her car is it's fucking <laughs> dented like there's a caved in people oh, are like, Did you hit shit. a deer? And she's like, I hit a sofa <laughs> from the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> Thing was built like a brick house. It was it was built like a brick house. So naively, I go up to her and I was like, the sofa is fine. <laughs> the sofa is fine. It's okay. It's okay. And her car is, the back fender is just, you know. Oh my like, gosh. Freaking huge, I don't know, cannonball hit it. And she's like, yeah, but my car isn't. And I'm like, but but you hit me. You're, you're like, but so, it's not the sofa's <laughs> fault. So The sofa wasn't chasing like, we're you. We're good. I, yeah, yeah, I thought. So I, that's exactly my perspective. I was, I was. I went to her like, it's all good. It's fine. Carry on. Don't worry about it. And she was so mad. So she was on the phone with her insurance company. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) do we have a claim? I wasn't even in the car. I wasn't even driving. That's why I parked in the back. Right. All by myself. How did you manage to hit me? You know? (laughs) So I'm I'm like really confused. Like what claim does she have? She hit me. I wasn't in the car. It wasn't moving. And I called my insurance company. And I just said, hey, 
there might be something coming in, and let me explain the situation. <laughs> and the guy on the phone, he laughed. He goes, she has no claim. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. But one of the selling features of that sofa is I told people it got hit by a car and it's great. <laughs> so, yeah, it's built to a better standard, you know, like yeah, real wood. There's like it, no comparison. You could, I couldn't tell you where that sofa got hit. It was fine. The sofa has a Carfax report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been in a, in a collision. I couldn't believe it, but it was such a great testament to how well it was built. Yeah. And I mean, her car was dented in like the size of that computer oh my gosh that's wild that's one of the reasons i love vintage stuff from different eras is the like you were talking about the (laughs) the possibility of stories like yeah like all those cassettes on my wall are all from thrift stores and different places and sometimes i'll buy them i'll buy them in bulk you know because it took me a while to find that many cassettes and the ones i wanted and sometimes i'll go in and they'll have a big box i'm like how much for the whole box and they're usually like why? But, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, but I dollar? like so many times I'm going through a box of cassettes and I'll find like someone's mixtape from the seventies yes. or eighties and all oh. the stuff they wrote inside of it. And like, so, like love, there were like love mixtapes they were giving to people. Gold. I love that There's a stuff. bunch of mixtapes yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Too. Cause yeah. you know, they popped that in. It was 1992 and they were hot shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were you rolling bet. and it, they were just, yes, there's something to that. The original to playlist. Oh man. Yeah. That's yeah. so. That's such a cool thing. I don't know why I I care about things like that, but I love that that means something to you. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. But not everybody's like that. Which it, I'm like, my dad just. I'm super nostalgic. Like, yeah. like I have um, cool cigarettes up there that my grandfather smoked. Cool, and he drank Coors. Like, yeah. You know, like it's. I love like, that. Like it's worthless. Like that pack of cigarettes, but like. But it, it's something. The nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Where my dad just like. Just thrifting away, we'll buy something new. So it's it's That's, funny how everybody's just everyone's different. Totally. Um, I'd rather have something that little history. Yeah, and the the meaning and the nostalgia behind it. Yeah, my in my life, I am the only one who cares about anything vintage other than my grandma, and um, my grandma is just. Um, she's just kind of struggling recently, and so we don't really have that connection, um, but. My my dad's the same way. It, anything old reminds him of his childhood, and it makes him intrinsically angry, and and he he doesn't like it. It's you know? an interesting generational yes thing. Yeah, even yeah. my husband, he he's he's understood now because I've made a business and the business has worked, and now he understands the community that I've built around this whole vibe, and that I'm not alone. You know, there's people out there like <laughs> you're me. not the only one. Yeah, I'm not the only one, and uh, and so, but he. He's not. He'd rather have a lazy boy with the cup holders, and you know, I could, I could, I could die, you know, like thinking about that, you know. But yeah, I'm. Not, my mom has gotten a new appreciation for it because of me, and because she's so design driven and creative, um, she uh, likes some pieces, but will still kind of change them from the original, you know, and it kind of kills me inside. Yeah. But like, I understand why she's doing like, it. You're like, move away with the paint. Yeah, I'm like, Step away. Please don't reupholster that <laughs> or please leave original or, you know, but it's, everybody has their spin. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, I'm the only one in the family that loves vintage and it's a challenge uh, every day, you know? Where do you get most of your stuff? That's a question I get every day. And yeah. um, I wish it was one solid easy answer if i could say it was always from this one location well then everybody would go and do it right. too like it but it would also make my job so much easier because i kind <laughs> yeah. of wish it was just one source i wish it was right it's not it's so many moving parts so i um this business is extremely competitive as with a lot of you know market niche markets you know but this one in particular it's who can find it the fastest and and buy it and and i have kids so i'm not able to I have kids, I'm running the business, I'm still refinishing furniture. I'm not able to sit there on my phone and wait for something to pop up yeah. and immediately message. I suck at that because, <clears throat> yes, you get it cheaper, but I have life going on. I can't, you know? Right. And so um, a lot of my larger pieces, I do ship them in from out of state because it's just too competitive here. Um, mm. And uh, I do have some pickers that um, are constantly sending me um photos of things they found they've come across and yes no yes no i'll tell them that and i pay their price and it's um it's been 
a tough transition. Well, not so much anymore, but at first it was from being the first buyer, being able to hit all the thrift stores and finding it, you know, and then I'm not able to do that anymore because I have to be at the shop to being the second buyer. So I'm paying that picker right their time. And that was a really tough transition. But I also get the highest price because I have the shop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have the customer base. So it evens out to everybody makes about the same amount of money, the picker with the and then the dealer. You know what I mean? So there's no one source, but it's a lot of moving parts. It's thrift stores. It's estate sales. It's out of state. I have shippers that go all over the country. So I will search along their routes if I know they're going to Minnesota. Sorry. If I know they're going to Minnesota, then I'll, I'll search in Minnesota. Um, once you get out of California, the picking is so much easier. I'm sure. It's a hotbed out here. But we're in the mecca of mid-century. Right. <laughs> Bet- yeah. Between L.A. and Palm Springs, where that's where it, it thrives. Yeah, you know? where it all so happened. If you get out of California, it's way easier. Yeah, I can see that. I, is there, from what I've seen online, and maybe I just happened to find <laughs> a couple accounts, it seems like there's a fair amount of mid-century houses in Idaho. Yeah. That's, which just surprised me. Like, that's so funny you say that because there's these little communities that, that and, and people are just now reviving them and appreciating them for what yeah. they are and um, honoring the mid-century design. But there are communities. Um, where else was it? Indiana. Oh, interesting. Hotbed. Hotbed. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and have you found that the furniture kind of follows? Yes. If you can find a housing yeah. hotbed? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. In Indiana has a ton of mid-century. Um, but... Even, you know, Riverside, tons of mid-century um, yeah. influence. The buildings, There's there. it's important to save what we have left because so much of it was kind of wrecked. Yeah. But um, it, there's no rhyme or reason where vintage pops up. I can go to Orange Crest with brand new homes and find a vintage piece. And I'm like, where the hell did you get this? Because <laughs> it just doesn't make sense in this house, in this neighborhood, in this, You're you like, know. Whose garage has this been sitting Right. In? It's that. And they maybe inherited it or something. Yeah. Um, but there's no rhyme or reason. I've picked out of hoarder houses. I've picked out of brand new houses. It's so strange where vintage pops up. I mean, it, it makes no sense. So, Yeah, I was surprised. We were looking for something last year when we first moved, and I was surprised how much of it was on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. In yeah. Riverside. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. What is your, I mean, that day we were in there, you had two <laughs> extremes of two different customers, but yeah. do you kind of have a typical customer client people that that come in or work with you no no no, i don't have a i don't have a typical um fortunately fortunately i don't have a typical it's it's always changing um i get i get different generations of people there's people that grew up with this stuff and they love it because it reminds them of their childhood and they're happy about that And and it reminds them of their parents home or things like that um and then there's these young young kids that, you know, want something different and with more value. And they understand that, like, you know, big box stores are just offering, they're pumping out the same cheap stuff. And they want something with that's going to maybe hold value. So there's no real consistency with who shops with me. It's who cares to source vintage. And <clears throat> it's, it's, it's just all over the place. There's no one type of buyer, and that's great, you know? Yeah, because that would be boring. It would be boring. (laughs) And always having, you know, the most unassuming people, too, will spend so much money. And and I've worked in retail for years. You can't, you cannot pick out of a crowd who has the means. and and Especially here. Oh, my gosh. I worked for Matt Cosmetics for years, and people just always acted like you could read them you know if they had no makeup on they didn't know what they were talking about well you might you know you might want to think twice because they'll spend a lot of money it's there's no rhyme or reason yeah and um that's actually really a good thing i think that the customer is always changing and and it you try to do your best to treat everybody the same and if they don't spend if i don't have the item they're looking for now it could change tomorrow because you know, there's no, it, it, I get stuff in on a daily basis, but, you know, exactly what they're looking for, it could happen tomorrow, you know? So it's... So do you have regulars that are like <laughs> always stopping in? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so people that are looking for a desk for right now, 
particularly. I need desks. I cannot keep them in. I bet. And yeah, because of the kids, uh, somebody opened my eyes to that the other day and didn't oh. even. Well, didn't and even, people working from home. Yeah. Who that didn't even. Historically have not. I didn't even realize that's why. Of yeah. course that's why. You know, and a lot of people are going to be able to stay home working. So they do need a work area. Yeah. The desks, I, I <clears throat> constantly need those. Um, but I, they're scarce right now for me. I bet. They're, they're hard to come by. Fireplaces. I can't keep them in. Like the... The cone kind of Oh, my style. gosh. Those are the coolest. Those I love are them. so cool. I yeah. love so them. Cool. I'm picking one up on uh, Sunday. But, I mean, as soon as I get one, it's just they fly. You Did know? you end up keeping... There was like a yellow one. Yeah, yeah. that Did one's you in keep my backyard. The yellow one? Oh, so cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that You're, one's in my backyard. What color is your Riverside sign? Yellow. Yellow, So it yeah. matches. I love it. Yes. Yeah, we're obsessed with that Riverside sign. Your Riverside so sign cool. is like the coolest. Isn't that neat? So that's a guy. He does... He makes any lettering, any words, any cool design you need and he has different fonts and um is he he's in riverside he's not in riverside he's in inland empire though he's in um i apologize i'll i'll correct i'll send you the information sure. but on instagram he's called vintage sign design very simple and he can make anything and i i want to say he's in upland um but totally custom he will make whatever you want and in fact just the other day i reached out to him to make some cool kind of arabesque um, diamonds for another fence I have that I thought would be just a neat view, yeah. you know, uh, have them on the fence and just looks neat. Real cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, do you kind of have a next, like with the business, a goal or where you'd want to take it? Or are you kind of yeah, that's, at where you want to be or is <laughs> like there, we're just surviving. Is there yeah. like a bigger vision that you see? Like if I could get that to this is point. My, that right there is my current conundrum. Everything Without sounding arrogant, I am so thankful. The The response with everything has been so great, and it's happened so much faster. This was like my 10-year plan. It happened in two to three years. That's amazing. I've reached my goals. I, I HGTV, I did Atomic Ranch, I have the shop with multi-vendors. I've done it what I've wanted, and now that is my current conundrum what do I where do I take this where do I go now um it's working and people are are liking it and it's connecting so how do I keep this momentum yeah the shop wasn't all I wanted to do that was just the short-term goal but that is now my current thing I got to figure out where I want to go with this and is that a more high-end you know vibe but that kind of is in the face of what I do now, which is, you know, yeah. cater to everybody. So I don't know if that's where I want to go. I don't know. So that's my, this year's uh, challenge is where do I go with this? So yeah. my location, I, I only have two years there. My landlord said after two years, this place is getting completely renovated and, and there's some business that's taking it over. I don't know with the current climate that that's still happening. So I said, you know, let me just go for broke and get this business get the street exposure, get it going. So after my lease is up, I don't know if I'm going to find another location, look into buying commercial property because I'm paying rent already, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I have so many ideas. I lack the, the tech knowledge to implement the ideas. So I need to figure out that, that aspect of it because I'm very hands-on. I can refinish, but put me in front of a computer and I'm... 100 percent lost and i'm like i get sweaty and i don't know what i'm doing you know <laughs> so i don't know where this is going after this um all i know is i love what i do i want to keep doing it but it, i need a new goal i'm so goal oriented and i almost went through some sort of uh, weird depression like what do i do now which sounds like <laughs> such achieved, a baby i achieved it i all. did it all fast which sounds so ridiculous and my husband was like psh, psh, like get a, get a grip you know what do you mean but truly I don't know what to do now uh, I've done a lot and all that I wanted to with this chapter all that I wanted to it just happened way faster um, so now I got to figure out where do I take it you yeah. know what's the next do step? you feel like um, you'll stay in downtown Riverside yes yeah yeah I yeah I don't think we're moving. I got the house in the neighborhood I wanted, and my kids go to school right around the corner. We're anchored in Riverside. My my mom lives two streets over from my shop. I 
I I have Riverside pride, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. That's been the most exciting thing in coming back because, I mean, I think people felt that maybe we were just stupid teenagers and we didn't know, but people have so much Riverside pride. Yeah. I love it. Like, I love yeah. driving by people's houses and seeing the bell. Yeah, the bell. On I, people's houses and tons of people have ta- the bell tattoos and it, you know, I love it. You know Jesse Streeter? Yeah. 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 He's, he's on the big old mission to... to instill more Riverside pride with um, revamping our Riverside the flag. flag yeah. yeah. And it sounds so, when he approached me with this, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> it sounds so silly. But you listen to the passion that he has about it. And if we can really create a flag that represents Riverside and th- there's a sense of community that comes from that, like my kids, I told them yesterday, you're going to design a flag for Jesse. He's having a kid competition. <laughs> yeah, that's really about it, yeah. You're going to do it because, you know what, we got to support him, and this is something he cares about. And so um, I'm going to gonna make them do it, and um, I think it's a great idea. And, I mean, I could even sell them in the shop, like, a, a flag, you know, to kind of get that community going. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, people do. If if I could have anything, one one thing immediately, I would love to be back at the Brockton Arcade. Just yeah. in a bigger location. Mm-hmm. I love the Brockton Arcade. Yeah. I love well, Kramer's Maybe coffee. you can clean out the whole stamp and coin oh, when man. he decides that he's I done. dream about that. I dream about that. I mean it. I love that location. I love it's it. It's a so cool little there. spot. Kramer's is such a oh, cool that's spot. Yeah. That, I loved being there. And then the cute little cookie shop. I would take my kids there. And the Kramer's coffee is the best coffee. And I just... I love that area. It's a cool yeah, little pocket too. of Riverside, for sure. That was why that day when I found your store, I just came, had come back. And yeah. Like, there used to be, <clears throat> used to be, like, a, um, uh, like, sports store. I can't remember what it was called. Years, mm-hmm. years ago, like, late 80s, 90s. And there was a hobby shop down yeah. there. And I remember I got, like, a remote control car when I yeah. was in sixth grade. And then it yeah. was always such a big deal to go down there and go to that that's that shop so so much nostalgia and memory there so such much. a such a cool place there was the i i want to say there was like Gillette records there so if you're like real old school Riverside, like um grandparents my grandparents age, yeah they remember like you know the record store that was there and the, the arcade was like the hot spot you would go there and and there was an art gallery and there was like a lot of really happening places mm-hmm. and there's so much potential there so the, much it's it, everybody could there's so many owners if everybody can get the cohesive vibe to just honor mid-century because it's a mid-century googie building and and just go with that vibe yeah and create something there oh my gosh there's so much opportunity yeah it has that little square has like so much potential so, do you guys remember off the mall in on off of hole it was called off the mall and there was this uh-uh. there was a couple of really cool um shops called like deluxe um the electric chair i think it was yeah. just all these like yeah. off the wall kind yeah. of shops <clears throat> if you can create small business like just nothing but small business in the yeah. in there and then do some sort of market nights in there it would be the coolest place in Southern California. Yeah. For sure. Well, gosh. and that's perfect because you've got the little parking area in the middle. Yeah. And then you've got that big parking space. Behind. Behind it, you, too. I have, trust me, I've dreamed about this. <laughs> if I could just buy the whole thing, I just need millions, you know. <laughs> I would love that, yeah. But I wish I could be over there again because I, I love it. My, my pet store is there. It's where I get my dog food. I'm there all the time. Yeah. It's it. a great little little area yeah yeah so what vendors are you working with now in your in your shop in my shop so um my vendor Brittany, she has her her plant business is called mod plants mod house plants and um it's funny i've known Brittany for years and i found her on the selling app called offer up we have a different vibe, but I would always see this chick, and I'm like, who is this girl? She's got some bitchin', you know, style. Like, her style is so cool. And I, I wasn't, it's different than mine. So I wrote her on offer up, and I said, dude, I'm not here to buy anything. I just want to say, your vibe is so cool. <laughs> and from there, it's like the weirdest thing, but we developed a friendship on offer up, and then we found each other on Instagram, and then we met each other in real life, and we just had... Like, I just love her eye. It's different than mine. She's creative and she makes art and I just love her vibe. And then um, when I was looking for a different location, I thought I, I was looking for, I was considering one down the road that had um, two, two like buildings. 
And I thought, but this would be cool for Brittany. She can make it her art studio. And, and then she hit me with, I want to do plants. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing in, in the It's such shop. a perfect pair. A marriage of, like, made do. in heaven. It was, it's like, so great. you know, because there's a major plant movement happening, too. House plants are hotter than ever. Huge. Big time. And people are understanding that <coughs> there's, you know, there's value in, in keeping something alive. And it's your, it, you you get attached to your plants, you yeah. know? And so, um, I and, and in mid-century, a huge market is pottery and planters. It's huge. And so it's just a perfect marriage. It's like giving a purpose to the planters. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so in its stages beautifully, plants make everything just look warmer and more natural. Yeah. And so when when she was in, into it, I it, I couldn't have been happier. I was so thankful. And then um, I also have my friend Dennis, who um, has since the beginning been like the most helpful nicest dude in the mid-century world ever and um he's he's got knowledge like he's not a mod snub but man does he have knowledge like he knows he's he's incredibly incredibly well versed in in designers and and different techniques and things like that and I'm so thankful to have him so when I got a location I approached him and I said hey you know, because he'd always joke, ah, oh, when are you going to get a shop? I can rent a little booth, you know? And <laughs> and so um, when it happened, I was like, hey, here's your moment. And, you know, are you Now's into it? Time. You know? And um, his Instagram is called Goodwill Hunted. And um, I loved that because it, it's it's not pretentious. Right. He's, he's thrifting and he finds amazing treasure. I mean, some of the stuff is like, why would anybody donate that, you know? Yeah. So, um, and he, he has a wild mix of things. And um, appreciates art. It's just really cool to have him. Greatest guy. And he's great with customers. And so I have two of, like, the best vendors ever. And um, I'm really and they both, happy. like, perfectly pair with I, what you do. Which I, is so great. I'm so lucky. I'm so thankful for them because exactly right. They pair well. And we all work cohesively. And um, I just, I'm so thankful for them. They're great people. Yeah. Perfect fit. Yeah. Well, we're definitely customers and fans. So. Oh, thanks, guys. But thanks so much for coming on and coming out and telling your story. We. Yeah. Most of the people. Our goal is to have people on that we selfishly want to know more about. Sure. Business, so. Sure. So. It's just for us, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but thanks again so much for. for Absolutely. Coming in. This was yeah. fun. This was fun. Thank you. I'll add a heart. Cool. Yep. Thank you.